last week we were in Luke chapter 2, which is the typical Christmas message by most places, you know, about Jesus' birth. And we talked about how, you know, it wasn't, you know, you see all the Christmas plays and everything, and it's so beautiful, and it's so, you know, whatever. And it, it really wasn't that way. I mean, it was, in fact, it was probably stinky and cold. And, but we just, you know, thinking about all that stuff. And, and, and the important thing was, the, the angel of the Lord gave the message of Jesus' birth to lowly shepherds, which shows every single one of us that that message is just for us. No matter how low we are or no matter how high you think you are, that message of salvation is for you and for me. So really thankful for that. And uh, we talked a little bit about that in Sunday school this morning. There's a, a verse in that that's been on my heart for the last little bit. And uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 11 For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I think there's another interpretation. Instead of Christ the Lord, it says Christ the Messiah. But this verse has really been on my heart. And we'll we'll get into that here in a little bit too. But we'll read read some scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 real quick. And then we'll let the Lord lead. Starting at the first verse. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. And that he was buried, and rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of, seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And we'll stop there for right now. We'll get into a little more of that a little bit later. So I want to get into a little bit of back to the basics, if you will. You know, talking about the gospel, talking about salvation. And, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit this week. And, you know, you might say, you know, pastor, preacher, why do you always talk about, you know, the gospel? Why do you always talk about Jesus? Here's the thing. If we don't talk about Jesus and we don't talk about the gospel, why are we here? That is the whole purpose of this church is to lift up Christ. The whole point. That's why we're here. And the thing is, just like everything else on earth, we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded of that good news from time to time. Probably every week, if you ask me. You know, you think about just all the the false teachings out there and the false narratives out there. I mean, you're not going to get this stuff on, on the media or from you know, politics or from night shows or whatever, you're, gonna, you're only going to get this from the Word of God. Right here. That's the only place you're going to get this, is the Word of God. 
And it is the most important thing you will ever get is Jesus Christ. You know, as a nine-year-old kid, I didn't deserve it, but He saved me. And I will never, ever have to worry about going to a sinner's hell because of what He did. And that's what we want to get into a little bit this morning. Is that good news? So just if you're wondering, if you ever want to go out to lunch with me and Amanda, she's the cleaning lady and I'm the crying pastor. (laughs) Just if you're ever wondering. Right, guys? That's okay. But, you know, that's exactly what Paul was doing here for the church of Corinth. You know, he was reminding them. You know, there was, that's why I read that 12th verse there. There were some issues about the resurrection. You know, some people believed, some people didn't. You know, and remember, these were Gentiles that, that Paul was dealing with. Some people believed it, some didn't. Now, the thing is, and what he's saying here, if you don't believe in the resurrection, you don't believe in any of the rest, is what he's saying. And that's how important it is. You know, I kind of see it as, you know, Jesus' birth, his death, plus his resurrection equals the gospel. Anything else taken or added ain't the gospel. And that's what we need to be reminded of this morning. Is that good news? You know, otherwise, if go back to the scripture there, the 17th verse there, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are yet in your sins. So if Christ never came out of that tomb, we're in trouble, folks. We're in trouble. Now, has anybody ever had somebody come? I've got good news and I've got bad news. Which do you want first? Anthony, which one's usually the first one? The bad news. Come on. The bad news. So if you go back into Genesis, back into Adam and Eve, when God created everything, it was perfect. Now, the serpent came and deceived Eve, but she really wanted to be like God. And she ate that forbidden fruit. And that's where all of sin began. Mm-hmm. If you go back all the way. And now every single one of us, because of that, are sinners. Every single one of us. None of us are good enough. That's what the Bible says. None good, no, not one. To get to heaven. None of us. Bad news. That sinful nature's in us. Every one of us knows it. Don't we? That lust of the flesh, that selfishness. We all struggle with it, every single one of us. Even if we put our pretty shirts and ties on and think we're not. Every one of us struggle with it. And if we're not, we are absolutely deceiving ourselves. We're absolutely deceiving ourselves. But that sinful nature is inherited to every single one of us. I think over in the 21st verse there, it says, For since by man came death, talking about Adam... By man also came the resurrection of the dead, which we'll get to that good part in a minute. So by one man, by Adam, death came because of sin. And every one of us are guilty. Every one of us have rebelled against a good, loving, just God. Every one of us. And it looked like there was no hope. We all deserve death and hell. You might say, but pastor... I'm a good person. What's the Bible say about a good person? No, not one. No, not one. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And there is a payment for that sin. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is what? Death. There's payment for that sin. And you see that sin separates us from God. It separates us from a loving God. There was a great gulf between us. We could never in this condition get back to God. That's the bad news. You know, that, that pride, that lust, that selfishness. There was no hope. But there's good news. There's good news. I get so emotional because I know I didn't deserve it either. But there's good news. Luke chapter 2. Unto you is born a Savior. Christ the Lord. That Savior. It means He's a rescuer. Mm -hmm. If you go back and look at the the original interpretations. Anybody know that song? He's our rescuer. He's our rescuer. He rescues us from sin. Consequences of sin. That word, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord, the anointed one, the chosen one. You know, we talked a little bit in Sunday school this morning. Don't you ever wonder, you know, was was God up there like, let's try this. Was Jesus a plan B? Absolutely not. Jesus was the plan from the beginning. He was the plan from the beginning. You know the best part of that verse there? Is that He was born. You know what that means for each and every one of us? That Jesus was born? He knows what it's like to be us. He knows what it's like to be human. He knows what it's like to be hurt. To be left abandoned. He knows. He gets it. There's no other religion, folks, that you can go to the Father and they know what you're going through. But Jesus did he went through way more than we'll ever go through in this life. But he did it because he loves us. And that was the only way for us little fat sinner heathens to get to heaven. I don't think that's offensive. I just call myself That's the only way. The only way. Let me put back. That was the only way. But he gets it. He understands. Isn't that awesome? Amen. That's awesome. That we have a God that loved us so much that He sent His Son to be born in this world. He was just like us. He was born a human. But He was still God. He lived 33 and a half years without sin. Can you imagine that? We can't live 10 minutes without sin. 33 and a half years without sin. He held the law up. He was perfect in it. Not one time was he arrogant. Not one time was he prideful. Not one time was he mean. Not one time did he sin. And that's exactly why he was the perfect sacrifice to come and take away the sins of the world. Because none of us can live up to that expectation. None of us. None of us are good enough that he was perfect. 
He was our rescuer, our substitute. And He willingly died in our place to pay that sin debt. That word propitiation, I always love that. He was the payment for our sin because there was no other way. And again, it wasn't plan B. It was plan A from the beginning. Before the foundation of the world, God sent His Son as a lamb slain. And that's good news. That's good news. And if that doesn't make you feel good inside, I don't know what will. Because there's nothing else in this world that can fill that. There's so many people out there trying to fill it with drugs and alcohol and everything else. Jesus is the only thing that fills it, folks. Jesus is the only thing that fills it. And we try everything, don't we? We try absolutely everything to fill it. Believe me. I've been preaching for a long time and I still struggle with it. I still struggle with selfishness. As long as this sinful nature has got me, I'm going to struggle with it. But here's the good part. And this is what a lot of that's going back to about the resurrection. If Jesus resurrected, there's a day coming that after we die, we're going to resurrect. We're going to resurrect. You know, I, was, I read something the other day that was talking about heaven. How heaven was going to be us floating around and whatever. I think like Tony said before, if heaven's that way, I don't know if I want to go. The Bible talks about a new heaven and a new earth. And think about when Jesus resurrected. He came out and he was alive. Yes. I really believe that's how we're going to be. One of these days, this old body's going to lay down. It's going to die probably in a coffin right here. I didn't care what you do with it at that point. But there's a day coming when Jesus stands up and he's going to come back and take the church home, folks. And that is something that we got to be excited about. Because everything as a Christian relies on that. Otherwise, we're wasting our time. We're wasting our time. <sighs> that crying pastor. I can't help it, guys. I can't help it. But that's okay because it's good news. It is good news. And that's exactly what Paul's reminding them about here. Is that, that preaching. That, does everybody know that Paul was, he was a Jew that was converted. Sorry, I've got my water bottle. I needed a drink. So the gospel that he preached came from Jesus. It came directly from Jesus, which is a lot of what he's talking about there. But he's saying, hold fast in that. Because at one point, these people received Jesus. And now they're hearing all kinds of chaos. He's like, hold fast in that. That truth that was preached to you, that you're hearing this morning, that truth, hold fast to it. Because nothing else in this world is going to last, folks. Nothing else. Nothing. It can be gone like that. Can it, guys? It can be gone like that. The only thing that will last is a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's it. That's it. You know, it's interesting where he talks there about the according to the scriptures. I've been thinking a lot about that too. If I could actually see, I'd read it. It says, in, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that He rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. 
You know, I've always heard a lot of people talk about the Old Testament and how since we have the New Testament, we really, really don't need that Old Testament anymore. And I, I even kind of you know, envision myself sometimes like, I never preach out of the Old Testament. But if you think about it, go back and look at a lot of the prophecies. Everything in that Old Testament points to Christ. And everything that he's talking about, it all points to Christ. Sarah, what was the first one? Genesis chapter 3. He shall bruise your heel, but Christ will bruise your Exactly. You know, it, it seems like the devil's winning a lot of times. But he's not. Jesus already won. There's so many others. You could go through. I think there was over like 300 different prophecies about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Genesis 49, where Jacob was blessing his sons. He said, the, the, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. Where did Jesus come from? The lineage of Judah. Anybody ever heard of the line of the tribe of Judah? That was all prophesied. Isaiah 53 talks about the suffering servant. Read through that. But it all points to Christ. All of it points to Christ. So don't ever think about the Old Testament as like, yeah, whatever. We don't need the Old Testament. It all points to Jesus. It all points to Him. It says He was buried. And then He rose again the third day. Now there's also a lot of you know, going back and if you look at a lot of that stuff, a lot of people didn't think it was Jesus. They either thought it wasn't Jesus or that he didn't actually die. And again, the gospel is his life, death, and resurrection. But this shows me, if he was buried, he died. He died. I mean, there's probably some craziness, but I mean, unless you're dead, they're not going to bury you, right? And then, after three days, the angel rolled that stone away and Jesus came out. Jesus came out victorious. He crushed the the devil's head. He came out victorious. Like he had the scepter there. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. He came out victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And like I said, if you're a child of God, there's a day coming when you're going to come out of that grave. And you're going to live forever with Him. You're going to live with ever, forever with Him. You know, this old body's getting old and banged up after playing sports for all these years. You know, the hip hurts, the knee hurts, everything hurts. Can anybody relate? Yes. One of these days, no, that's what matter. There's going to be no more pain. Who's sad sometimes? Listen to all the prayer requests. There's going to be no more sorrow. And there's going to be no more death. We'll be with Him forever. Mm-hmm. And folks, that's worth it. That's worth it all. We'll be with Him forever. Our rescuer. And that is good news. Been reading a little bit over in Hebrew. We'll probably start getting into that maybe here in the next few weeks. It talks about Jesus is better. He's better than anything else out here. He's better than anything else. You know, getting back to the basics, we're going to talk about salvation. You know, you you have to believe in your heart that all of this is true. 
that Jesus lived a perfect life. Sorry, I'll get a drink in a minute. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He, in fact, was dead. But then He resurrected. You have to believe that. That He came to take away your sin. As a nine-year-old kid, I really didn't understand that. But as I get older and older and older, you, know, you, don't, really, you don't think until you're older. You really don't. You look back like, I was an idiot. But Jesus died for me anyway. He died for me anyway. I was a selfish idiot. And a lot of you can relate because you're probably the same way. He died for you anyway because He loved you so much that He doesn't want you to go to a sinner's hell that wasn't made for us. It wasn't made for us. There's a heaven waiting. And one of these days, He's going to come back and He's going to take His church home. The question you have to ask yourself is, are you going to be a part of that? Do you have a relationship with Him? If not, you can. You can have a relationship with Him this morning. All you have to do is believe in your heart. Repent of those sins. Take advantage of what He did on the cross. But then you have to confess what He's done on the inside. That's all it takes. It's actually a pretty pretty simple process if you really think about it. But it's also so hard to get this selfish nature out of the way to let Jesus come in. It's so easy to hold that pew. I've done it. Hold on, I ain't going nowhere. It's so easy. But you know, the thing is, and you don't have to come up here. I think we've gotten a little bit out of that habit of people actually coming up here and praying and repenting or whatever it is. This church loves you and would absolutely love to see you come up here and kneel at the foot of Jesus and accept Him this morning. I know I would love it. And I know they would be celebrating in heaven this morning if that happened. Brother Joe, you get one verse of the song. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. If you're here this morning and you don't have that relationship, don't leave here without it.